we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for March 23rd, 2014. Next report is the Global Pedophile Rings and Clinton's Pedophile Pal. New questions have surfaced about Bill Clinton's sexual deviancy as well as a protester crashing a live BBC News broadcast to warn of institutional pedophile rings. We look in this video we're going to be watching, about 11 minutes of it, we're going to be looking at the multinational bipartisan evil of sex slavery and pedophile rings. From the UK to the UN to the United States, CIA, NSA, Republican and Democrat, the evil is pervasive and persistent. And it would also absolutely apply to these just soulless devils that we've just talked about in the form of Monsanto in their collusion with the federal government and the American industrial military complex. Okay, All of this is intertwined. So I'm going to go ahead and run this um, video and I'll give you all of the links in the PDF here. They're already listed for the confirming evidence of what they're going to be talking about in this. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play this video now. Welcome back. Now, as I pointed out in the first segment, we had a law professor who is deeply disturbed that the U.S. Navy Criminal Investigation Unit is looking at civilian license plates. He said, it looks like something out of a banana republic. It's worse than that. It's worse than a banana republic with nuclear arms. We have a deeply evil government here, and I want you to see what's happening. We've just had in the last couple of days some stories that bring up yet again the issue of pedophile rings operating in governments across the world. We had a protester crash a live BBC broadcast to warn of pedophile rings. Now, he had confronted the Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, and he said, four years ago, I asked you what you were doing about institutional pedophile rings operating in the country. Your reply to me, Nick, was, I don't know what you mean about institutional pedophile rings. Do you understand what I'm talking about four years ago? At that point, the Deputy Prime Minister ran off, the BBC was there, and they were left to awkwardly explain why they didn't have an interview with Nick Clegg. And then at that point, the man got in front of the TV camera and brought the same thing up before they cut him off again. But this is something that's been going on for quite some time. If you remember back in October of 2013, information was released about Jimmy Seville's pedophile escapades. This is a TV presenter in England who over decades had molested hundreds of children and they brought up the fact that it was, there was a royal cover-up involved in this. He had a lot of ties to the royal family. Now, they're showing pictures of these people as they're going. I mean, this Jimmy Seville guy, he, he couldn't look any more demon-possessed and creepy. And, again, this is just the norm in high-level places with, with the politicians and, and these, these types. And they saw in 2013 that a 2009 police report had been heavily redacted, and they could see... A few months ago when they reported this, what had been redacted? The connections to the royal family. And there were quite a few. He told officers the first time he visited a Surrey school where he was said to have abused girls, he was there with Princess Alexandra for a garden party. He said, Princess Alex is a patron of a hostel for girls in care. At this place, I'm a cross between a long-term boyfriend and a fixer of special trips out. And there were not just those connections, there were connections to all the members of the royal family. But it's not just the UK, it's also the UN. Take a look at this story from 2007 that was on InfoWars. This was written by Steve Watson at the time. He said, 
The London Telegraph had pointed out that more than 20 different cases of child sex slavery involving U.N. staff had been reported in southern Sudan. Now, this is the UN, the United Nations, the one that supposedly go around the planet and the peacekeepers and stuff. These, I think it's just so important for us to understand how evil and satanic government in general is, and particularly at the highest levels, particularly the global government, the ones that are going to bring in literally the New World Order. And the United Nations is at the the spear tip of that. I mean, it's the United Nations, which is the total essence of the coming New World Order. Uh, one world government, one world religion, one world political and economic system, one world currency. So, these devils from the UN, um, in this particular case, more than 20 different cases of child sex slavery involving the United Nations staff have been reported in southern Sudan alone. Which, where they have all of these martyrs, Christian martyrs in the Sudan... But evidently it's more, which they do typically nothing about, other than, you know, just this show of, of, they, they don't do anything to help the situation. If anything, they make it worse when they come in there. And what ends up happening, too, is now it's not bad enough that the Muslims are in there killing and annihilating, you know, the Christian groups there. But the UN has to kind of, you know, um, get their whatever and, and, and they're going in there and they're having child sex slavery for, for um, 20 different cases of child sex slavery involving the UN staff in southern Sudan. And that's just one spot on the planet. And that's just one little part that they know about. Telegraph reports that it had learned of dozens of victims' accounts claiming that some peacekeeping and civilian staff based in the town were regularly picking up young children and their UN vehicles forcing them to have sex. The Telegraph states that it's thought that hundreds of children may have been abused. And, of course, there was also a report in that same article back in 2003. The AP reported that UN officials were identified as using a ship charted for peacekeepers in order to traffic young girls from Thailand to East Timor as prostitutes. In the same year, it was also revealed that other UN staff were guilty of raping women on a systematic scale. And Can, can you imagine being so evil and so depraved? And so just satanically possessed and having your conscience so seared with a hot iron that you could take little kids, pick them up, and in third world countries where they have nothing, where they're persecuted if they're a Christian and they're persecuted if they're not the right whatever religion, and in particular if it's not Muslim, and then raping them on top of their all the things these poor little things have to endure. And then you, 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 you add to their misery by defiling them sexually on top of that. I can't imagine the type of monster that could do something like this. But the reality is, is this happens in mass every day on a global scale in different parts of the world by soulless, satanically possessed vessels of wrath fitted meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction, happens all over the planet. And again, you're not going to hear any of this in Joel Osteen's church, or, or about 99.9% of churches across the nation, unfortunately, mostly. Not saying, a lot of times maybe the pastors don't really even know. But you're just not going to hear this stuff. And this is what I believe the church really needs to be praying against this type of wickedness. I mean, the children were near and dear to Jesus Christ's heart. And this stuff's going on on a global scale every day. 
yet I just don't see a whole lot from the 501c3 corporate church in America fighting this stuff. I just don't. You know, we're going to talk more about this as, I mean, more different aspects of this as this teaching progresses. Sierra Leone, and previous to this, the previous year, 2002, a massive pedophilia scandal within the UN was uncovered involving sexual abuse against West African refugee children in Sierra Leone, Liberia, and other countries. The UPI reported that senior U- You know, it's funny, a lot of these countries that they're mentioning, like Southern Sudan and Sierra Leone, and these are some of the places where the worst fighting with the Muslims, where the worst carnage by the Muslims, is taking place. Okay? So it's almost like evil is attracted to those areas. It's almost like when you have mass human sacrifice taking place in the form of slaughtering and martyring Christians and these types of things, that it's like more evil is even attracted to those places where now you have UN, quote, peacekeepers coming in and defiling and sexually abusing the little children on top of the, all the other horrific stuff going on there. I mean, you we, none of us can really imagine the kind of misery that goes on on a daily basis on this planet, around this globe. We, and none, none of us, me included, I, I would include myself in that. When officials knew of the widespread pedophilia, and not only did they not take any action, but they covered up the atrocities. This is what we saw happen in the UK. It was brought to the attention of Scotland Yard several times, and those who were high up in Scotland Yard stopped it. The BBC started to have a report that was done by some reporters. The people in charge of the BBC stopped the report. That's what's happening in all these cases. It's at the highest levels. People lower down will see what's happening. They'll start to report it, but the higher-ups will take it down. Now, look at this report from 2006. Dyncor and Halberton's sex slave scandal won't go away. This was in 2005, and McKinney grilled Secretary Rumsfeld and General Myers on the scandal. She said, I watched President Bush deliver a moving speech at the U.N. in September 2003, where he mentioned the crisis of sex trade. And he wasn't necessarily talking about the U.N. sex trade. He was talking about other people in the sex trade. It was okay, I guess, if the U.N. did it. But she said the president called for punishment of those involved in the horrible business. At the moment of that speech, DynCorp was exposed for having been involved in the buying and selling of young women and children. While all this was going on, DynCorp kept the Pentagon contract to administer the smallpox and anthrax vaccines and is now working on a plague vaccine through the Joint Vaccine Acquisition Program. So, this DynCorp, <laughs> buying and selling young, young children, young, young women and children. And while all this is going on, DynCorp kept the Pentagon contract to administer the smallpox and the anthrax vaccine. See, tell me how this stuff's all tied together with the GMOs and, and the vaccines and, 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 this, and the sexual pedophile rings at the highest levels. And, and, I mean, they're all involved with the vaccine. And, I mean... Isn't it funny how it's all satanically tied together? Is it the policy of the U.S. government to reward companies that traffic in women and little girls? Well, you know what? I guess if it comes to vaccine, who else could you find better for what they're putting in the vaccines than people who are running child pedophile rings? That would be companies that are involved in that. Now, we see back in 2011... We see that there was also a cover-up in Afghanistan, where the police there were using drugs and pedophilia. 
A secret U.S. diplomatic cable released by the whistleblowing organization WikiLeaks, I guess that's why they hate Julian Assange so much, showed that DynCor was providing drugs and financed a party for Afghan national police recruits where young boys were used as sex slaves. Now, this is a tradition that had been banned in the ta- by the Taliban, but now it was making a big comeback, just like heroin was making a big comeback after they got the Taliban out. It involves forcing small boys dressed in women's clothing to dance in front of howling men, and after the dancing, the boys are auctioned off to the highest bidder to be raped. The U.S. State Department recently referred to the practice as, quote, widespread, culturally sanctioned form of male rape. And according to human rights... Now, I've reported on this. Just key in dancing boys of Afghanistan. Okay, this is just one more aspect of how sick, wicked, and evil the Islamic religion is, okay? Dancing Boys of Afghanistan. There's a BBC documentary on it up there. These disgusting oh, excuses for men, Islamic men, going and just in these rooms where these prepubescent boys are dressed up like girls. I'm pretty sure with makeup and like they look like, you know, Arabic girls with like the 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 uh, girls' clothing, like Arabic girls' clothing and stuff, and the head stuff, and and they go up there and they dance for these men, and these men are all just sitting around, just drooling over these these little boys that they want to take home and have sex with, and they go they're auction off at the end of the night, and they go to the highest bidder to be their sex slave, the dancing boys of Afghanistan. And we're over there, literally our military's over there guarding the poppy. Guarding the opium, which is what it is, the poppy. And that the the, the um, production of opium since we got into Afghanistan and we started literally guarding it has absolutely exploded. And they've interviewed high-ranking generals, and I've, I think I've played the clips on here before. And they're saying, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a shame, but you know, what, what, would, what would they do without the poppy you know, if they didn't have it? See, we run the drugs from these other countries into America, whether it be the coke from cocaine from Colombia, or whether it be the poppy from Afghanistan or other parts of the world. We're the biggest drug distributor. That's another way that they're totally destroying humanity is through that, you know. And yet, you'll see some little grow house busted for marijuana in some guy's garage, and it's like you know the end of the world. When our own government's the one that's been doing this for literally decades, they just don't like competition. Clinton, that was what he was doing when he was the governor of Arkansas. And, uh, Mena, Arkansas, whatever. With the, they were just flying in the CIA planes full of, full of drugs. Kean Clinton, Clinton Chronicles. You could probably watch it online. It documents all of the dead bodies surrounding Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. All these people that mysteriously died when they either weren't, uh, when they were going to be maybe called to testify them or maybe called to, um, they knew too much information. They all ended up dying. And all this stuff's been going on in, in, in mean Arkansas when he was the, the governor there in Arkansas. It's well known. So this is the type and caliber of people. In other words, the, the, the type of people that control planet Earth are, are the most defiled, debased, evil, soulless vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction that you could even possibly imagine. They're the ones that you know, are imposing all of this tyranny on humanity. So, just, it's it's good to kind of understand all that. 
organizations of various media reports, DynCor hosted just such an event at a party. So there you go. Now, talking of parties. So they had one of these Dancing Boys of Afghanistan parties for their clients. <laughs> DynCor. This is the other article that came out this week. Bill Clinton has been seen in a lawsuit have been attending regularly parties or orgies at the Caribbean compound of a known pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein. A new lawsuit has revealed how Bill Clinton took multiple trips to Epstein's private island where he kept young women as sex slaves. Clinton was also apparently friends with a woman who collected naked pictures of underage girls for Epstein to choose from. And Clinton didn't cut his ties with her. In fact, he invited her to Chelsea Clinton's wedding, one of about 400 guests. And also, we see that hosts of famous friends, including, here's a royal family again, Prince Andrew, stayed at the New York mansion of this pedophile even after his arrest. Now, there was an interesting quote in this lawsuit. And this came from somebody who was an unidentified woman in the lawsuit. She said, I remember asking Jeffrey Epstein, what's Bill Clinton doing here? And he laughed it off and said, he owes me a favor. And at least one woman on the compound was there unwillingly, said she was forced to live as one of his underage sex slaves for years and forced to have sex with politicians. Oh, what politicians would that be? Businessmen, royalty, academicians, etc. Okay, so that's what we see happening. Now, this is something that's been going on for a long time, of course. Bill Clinton had a long history of sexual assaults. We've talked to Kathleen Willey, and she said Hillary Clinton was attacking all of these women, as we all know, and she pointed out that Hillary Clinton was actually the war on women. It, well known, she's a rabid lesbian. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, um, as we so effectually refer to as. Um, Bill Clinton, ob- uh, well-known, uh, absolute, total, philandering, uh, sex addict, devil from the pit of hell. Uh, that's documented in, in the Clinton Chronicles. It's documented in a lot of other writings about these people. Um, they're just, they're, they're, they're literally the scum of the earth. They're going to burn so white hot in hell, you, you couldn't even, you wouldn't want to see one, 30 seconds of what they're going to suffer in hell. And the lake of fire. I mean, it would it would just it would scare you so bad you'd probably keel over. It, it, it really it's, it's that's how wicked and evil they are. I believe that it's not the Republican Party that's at a war with women, but it was Hillary Clinton because she's covering up these sorts of things. She didn't just cover them up though for her husband. She covered up sexual assaults for her diplomats when she was Secretary of State. Look at this article. This is from 2013. Hillary's sorry state of affairs. State Department whistleblower has accused high-ranking staff of a massive cover-up, including keeping a lid on findings that members of then-Secretary Hillary Clinton's security detail and the Belgian ambassador solicited prostitutes. A chief investigator for the agency's inspector general wrote a memo outlining eight cases that were derailed by senior officials, including, in at least one instance, interference by Clinton's chief of staff, Cheryl Mills. Among the bombshell findings, they found that a DS agent was called off a case against U.S. Ambassador to Belgium Howard Gutman over claims that he solicited prostitutes, including minors. And the agent began his investigation and had determined that the ambassador routinely ditched his protective security detail in order to solicit sexual favors from both prostitutes and minor children. The ambassador's protective detail and the embassy's surveillance detection team were well aware of the behavior. 
Now, finally, let's take a look at one last case. This is written up, this article is from 2010. And this is actually a case that started in the 1990s, came to light in 2002. This is a Portuguese pedophile ring that used state-run orphanages to serve celebrities, diplomats, and politicians. The same group we see in the UK, same group we see in America. They said a Portuguese court sentenced six people up to 18 years in jail for abusing children from a state orphanage in a marathon court case that has shocked the nation. The defendants included a well-known television presenter, a former diplomat, and two doctors, given prison sentences from just under six years to 18 years for their participation in a network of abuse. There were 32 children that were residents of a home that was part of a network of institutions. So the point. So this is what they they do. They they target the most helpless, innocent children they can get. The ones that are the most disadvantaged. Whether it's through foster care, homes that are, many are notorious for being mills for this type of activity, orphanages, um, uh, those types of things. Uh, like we've seen these, these little kids in southern Sudan that were probably had nothing, that were picked up off the street and targeted for this. Um, those are, the, you know, it's like Satan wants to prey on the most innocent. Satan wants to prey on the most helpless and, and, and that's what, what he's good at, and, and that's what they're doing. Is, when are we going to wake up to this? We saw it South by Southwest as Jakari was talking to someone about gun control. The guy said, yeah, okay, guns, it can be a problem if you've got a dictatorship and all the guns are in the hands of bad people. But this is America. That is very naive. If you're not worried about the surveillance state, if you're not worried about a government that wants all the weapons and is accumulating them at an unprecedented and history level, if you're not concerned about that, you should be. And you should be very concerned about how deeply evil these people are and how this is a global problem. This is not something from the U.K., the U.N., the U.S., it's not even the Democrats or the Republicans. We see Rumsfeld. We see that Bush was involved in the Franklin scandal. We see that we have Michael Aquino. And if you don't know what that Franklin scandal is, uh, do the Franklin scandal cover-up, key it into YouTube. Um, maybe Ken Bush and all of the high-level politicians that were involved with that Franklin scandal, which was, again, like a boy's home where they were literally... Um, bringing boys out of there and using them like male prostitutes literally in the White House. Literally in the White House, making midnight calls to the White House. It even made the front page, I think, of the Washington Times or something, one of those newspapers there. And they even show you the newspaper. Um, this is the caliber of people at the very highest levels. And they all are that way at that level. There's no, I don't believe there's really any exceptions. The people that they let into the presidency and that in particular, they're, they're like the worst of the worst of the worst. And the reason they end up getting those positions is because they are the worst of the worst of the worst. And they'll do anything, they'll have no conscience. And Obama's probably the worst of them all. Um, so that's why he's in that position who was working with the NSA, a Satanist. He was accused of pedophilia. He was apparently, the allegations were that he was involved in that at the Presidio. The allegations were that the NSA got him out of there. This is a guy who wrote Mind War. Do you see how the CIA, how the NSA, how the government, whether it's Democrats, whether it's Republicans, whether it's the U.S., the U.K., the U.N., they're all involved in this. They're all doing the same thing. It attracts the same type of person. 
dark, satanic individuals want this kind of power over us, and we must not let them have it. So, I thought that was a very good, concise, covered a lot of bases, 11-minute audio report, which, you know, kind of... uh, I kind of started talking about this a little bit, but it, it also relates back to, you know, the type and caliber of people that would be at the head of Monsanto. These are the same types of individuals. Uh, so, let's go further. Now, I've done many teachings on pedophiles and pedophilia, and I give you the two links to my teachings where I've talked about this. I got a lot into Disney with the pedophilia, with Disney, with a lot of the pedophilia that they use in their um, cartoons, a lot of the overt pedophilic sexual images that they use. I did a multi, I think at least a six-part teaching entitled Child Pornography, Pedophilia Pandemic, and High-Level Cover-Up. Six-part teaching there. And then Disney Exposed. I don't even know how many parts that was. It was probably like ten. Gut-wrenching teaching. But Disney was one of the worst uh, violators. If you have anything Disney in your house, I would recommend, you know, just get rid of it. Um, it's a very, very, very wicked, totally satanic um, organization. And don't, don't you know, support them with your money in, or in any way, shape, or form. And now we're going to segue into some of the most current Islamic atrocities. And while we're on the theme of pedophilia, you look at if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, what was the foundation of Islam? Well, it was Muhammad, right? Their founding, founder, founding prophet, whatever you want to call him. The Islamic pedophile Muhammad married a little girl named Aisha at the age of six. Now, this is in their own writings. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what they openly admit to. So, the Islamic pedophile, Dr. Salih bin Fazan, a cleric in Saudi Arabia's highest religious council, um, decides to stop to top that, in other words, marrying a six-year-old. He decides to top that by issuing a fatwa asserting that there is no minimum age for marriage. And now understand, I'm, we're going to talk about this a little bit today, it, it depends from Middle Eastern country to Middle Eastern country what they're going to permit. As that country uh, degrades into further more radical versions of Islam as that satanic spirit permeates that society, they will become an issue more and more evil fatwas like this and more evil laws into their society. Well, he wanted to top this, and he says that there's no minimum age for marriage now, and that girls can be married even if they're in the cradle. That's a quote. A baby. He says the only criteria for raping the child, meaning once they're supposedly married, is whether the child is literally physically capable of, quote, bearing the weight of her new husband slash molester. Bearing the weight. See, I have to put this stuff out there, I feel like, because what, what good am I doing humanity covering this stuff up? They're the ones saying it, not me. People need to be motivated, the body of Christ, to pray against this and to also inform others about this. Because this is Islam. This should be the face of Islam. What they do to little girls by itself is enough 
that the religion should be banned off the face of the planet because of all the wickedness and evil that it does. You know, it's not like some lukewarm person warming a pew, whether regardless of what religion you might be in, really not harming another person. Yeah, they're on their way to hell, which is a tragedy. But no, this this religion really imposes its evil will. Every time I turn around, I'm seeing it imposing its evil, wicked will on some of the most helpless members of society and killing people under the guise of jihad, their term for holy war. Going further with this, Iraqi cabinet okays law allowing child marriage and marital rape. Women in Iraq took to the streets on International Women's Day to protest the recent decision by the cabinet to approve draft legislation to institute Sharia law in Iraq based on Shiite jurisprudence, which is a form of Islam, the Shiite, the Sunni and the Shiite, and then there's other derivations. The legislation would change Iraqi's current personal status law, which has been called the most progressive in the Muslim-majority Middle Eastern countries. The current law upholds women's rights in the area of marriage, child custody, and inheritance. The new legislation would permit marriage for girls as young as nine years old. In the, in the case of divorce, custody of any child over the age of two would automatically be given to the father. In addition, the new legislation allows for marital rape, giving the man the right to sexual intercourse with his wife whenever he chooses. Overall, the marriages, divorces, and inheritance cases would be legislated according to the Jaffe interpretation of Sharia law and administered by the Shiite clergy members. Well, when you have Satan in charge of anything, eventually it's going to degrade to this level where it's just purely satanic. Protesters took to the streets shouting, on this day of of women, women of Iraq are, are in mourning. Hana Idar, a prominent Iraqi human rights activist, said, quote, We believe this is a crime against humanity. It would deprive a girl of a right to live a normal childhood. In other words, she's married, married off at the age of nine to these sick devils that are lining up more than willing to be their suitor. You know, and I've shown the pictures of these child brides before to these you know, middle-aged and elderly men, something anywhere from, you know, their 20s, that's typically the earliest, all the way into their, look like their 50s and 60s. I mean, these are some really sick dudes. And it's just, it's manifestation of just how demonically infested they are, where they have no problem with this, this type of stuff. So, now we're really going to get into some um, unbelievable, but true information. And this one just came out from World Net Daily, and it's entitled Christians' Throats Slit in Pagan Slaughterhouse. Video footage reveals systematic execution of victims. Editors note, extreme caution advised. The videos linked and embedded in this story, and there's many, are extremely graphic, showing brutal executions and the bodies of those killed in those executions. Now, they're doing this stuff increasingly where they can get away with it in mass across the globe. But it's getting worse and worse and worse. And this is the reason I've continually had to go and revisit this subject because this is not going away. They are getting, not only are they getting more and more special privileges, more and more of a foothold in America and elsewhere, 
but they're getting much more aggressive with what they're doing, and particularly the targeting of Christians for systemic slaughter. I'm not advising you to watch these videos. I didn't watch them. I didn't, I mean, even the, the images on just like the still shots are probably more than you should even be looking at. Okay. But understand, this isn't just from one source. This isn't from somebody that has an axe to grind. These are, these are videos that are being smuggled out of these places of what's going on here. And these are just a few of the thousands that have gotten out. Some of these times, some of the times though, they want these videos out. Some of the times they're just very proud of this. They want the Westerners to know this is what they're all about. And I want the Western, I want people all over the world to know this is what Islam is about. After exposing videos of ritual human sacrifice of Christians, now this is all linked to, there's all these links to these different things that we're talking about here. This isn't just something that's being made up. Um, so after exposing videos of ritual human sacrifice of Christians by Muslims, a former Palestinian Liberation Organization member turned Christian has discovered a new set of shocking videos that show human slaughterhouses in which non-Muslims are executed. Sometimes they are Muslims, though, but they're just not radicalized enough. So they're considered what they call kafar, which is like their version of apostate. So the the one guy they interview, he was a Muslim, and they were still going to kill him because he wasn't radicalized enough. He wasn't, you know, down with the whole, you know, slaughterhouse and, and whole thing. Anyway, the videos posted by Walid Shubat and his son Theodore Shubat are horrific, showing heads neatly lined up against a wall and bodies suspended by their feet in a room. Now, I understand that I'm not saying I agree with everything Walid Shubat is is about. Okay, I've seen some things that that, but this isn't about him. Okay. These videos, this information, this documentation, I've seen this confirmed so many different ways, so many different angles. He just happens to be the one presenting it, putting a lot of these things out there. It could be him or anyone else. I want to get the truth out there regarding this. And these videos are not lying. And, and what their agenda is, is very, very clear with Islam. Okay, So this just confirms, I don't know how many studies that I've already done on this subject. Key in either Muslim or Islam in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and you would have literally enough of my teachings on that subject to probably last you for days. And all of the horrific atrocities that I have documented from them. So, um, also shown as a testimony of a witness who was threatened with being sacrificed. Um, Shubat says, I have never seen something like this. I have been investigating the story for the past two weeks. This story is probably the most horrific I have ever done. It proves the footage of actual systemic slaughterhouses of human beings, including Christians in Syria. The witness video translated by Shubat's organization called Rescue Christians includes the testimony of Saif al-Alubdi, Alubi, who inexplicably was identified for sacrifice, but then was not killed because the government soldiers arrived and rescued him. Okay, so in other words, he was he was scheduled to be literally on the chopping block. I watched his interview, but the thing is, is with his interview, he's not talking in English, and you're just reading subtitles. And um, he was he was on the chopping block, and. This goes on to say, uh, Shubat says, this is the reality of Islam. It is pagan. It's not 
monotheistic, okay? Like some, we worship the same God, okay? Monotheistic from the standpoint they only worship Allah? Okay, Allah the moon God? Yeah, the same one. It's not the God of the Bible. It's the moon God. When, and I was just telling a friend this the other day, when they had the whole Kaaba, that black thing, stone thing they march around, way back in the day, Muhammad went in there and there was all of these hundreds of idols. He knocked all of them over, destroyed them all, except one. And that was Allah, the moon god. It had a crescent moon on its chest. And that's the one he said, okay, this is the only god we worship now. So then they became monotheistic and, I guess, legitimate, you know, because that they only worship one god. And they said it's the same god as the god, the Christians worship, evidently, you know, modern-day times. Of course, if they were all questioned, I think they would, you know, they know better. They know better than that. Most, I think the people at the highest level. Some of them may not, but, you know, the the... The word of God that we have and the Quran and their other unholy devil writings don't mesh up whatsoever. They're totally contradictory. It is not the same God. Okay? Um, their God is a fallen angel that is just pure evil and hate and malice and evil. And that's why their followers behave in such fashion. Now, I'm not talking about moderate Islam people, but the thing is, is, are the moderate Islamic people, where are they at? Why aren't they jumping up and down trying to stop this? They're not. And you know what? As this gets worse and worse and worse, like it does in every country, those moderate Islamic people are either forced to either become more extreme, toe the line, or they're killed. And do you think they're going to, the people that are in moderate Islam are going to come out in mass and fight this? No, they're not. They're going to join the ranks of them. So they're just they're just more radicalized versions of that, just waiting in the wings to, to react. So this is what I've been trying to get the truth out about regarding Islam. And here we have the Christian church yoking up with it. Every time I turn around, I see another thing on Chrislam, the yoking up of Christianity and Islam, and all of these disgusting, lukewarm, apostate, heretical 501c3 corporate whore churches that are going out of their way to say, oh, it's the same God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yeah, yeah, all that garbage, and, and, and yoking up with Islam. When it's pure evil, they're yoking up with. Shubat says, the re- this is the reality of Islam. It is pagan and utterly depraved and a sadistic religion. It takes the soul of a man and purges any remnants of human affection from its very being. Look to your own soul and understand your own obligation to help the Christians. Now he's, again, he's got this organization, Rescue Christians. I haven't checked into that. I'm not, you know, I don't have any info on that. Yes, do I think that should be a high priority? 100%. Okay, Um, but... I would advise you to do your own research and own due diligence regarding this. My problem with so many of these organizations is, like Voice of the Martyrs, they're yoked up with the Catholic Church, big time. You know? And and ultimately, you know, then that's like the worst faction of pseudo-Christianity that you could be yoked up with that will be assimilated into the coming one New World Order religion. So, I have a hard time with that. Key and Voice of the Martyrs in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com or VOM. I might be under VOM because, you know, I've had to expose them. 
there's huge problems. So I, I don't know. I haven't checked into that. This one that I'm talking about here. Uh, but yes, do I think this is a priority for us? Absolutely. Let me ask you something. If you were in that position, would you want to be rescued? Would you want people that were, you know, going out of their way to try to get you out of that situation or, or um, you know, get help to you? <laughs> I guarantee you, you would, you know, or if your family was caught in that. So I just wanted to kind of say that. Anyway, let's go further here. Um, Al Adlubi reported witnessing Armenians, now this is the guy that was scheduled to be slaughtered, okay, who was a Muslim, but not a radicalized enough version of them. They were fighting, it was Muslims fighting Muslims, he was captured, okay, you're you're no good because you're fighting against us, you're not radicalized, you don't stand for what we stand for, so you're going to die too, is essentially. Anyway, and that's Al Adlubi, he witnessed witnessing Armenians who were waiting their turn to be slaughtered. An Egyptian butcher grabbed the neck of one elderly Armenian Christian and he said, the executioner said, quote, you're an aged man and your neck is soft and I don't even have to sharpen my knife for you, end of quote. This was, their, um, this was the, the executioner in this Islamic pagan slaughterhouse. Okay, this was an Armenian Christian. And this guy, this really big Egyptian dude, was going around, literally, I guess, beheading them, ritually slaughtering them. And this is how they practice their religion at the highest level. This is how all um, satanic religions practice. Human sacrifice is the highest form of, of the way they practice their religions. Children being the highest, infants being really the highest form of human sacrifice. But this is how they do the, what they do. And so... The report blames the gruesome systematic human extermination centers. Okay, I'm sorry, I lost track there. Um, the report blames the gruesome systematic human extermination centers of the Islamic State of Iraq and Levant. And the Levant, which is also known as ISIS, which is a radical Islamic organization in Syria and the Middle East. And here we have ISIS, which I think, you know... Uh, no coincidence here, the goddess of supposedly motherhood, magic, and fertility, the goddess of ancient Egyptian religious beliefs, the Isis is also depicted as the mother of Horus, the hawk-headed god of war, um, and so, just pure evil here, anyway, that's what their organization, one of the, the what it actually means, Isis, which is a radicalized Islamic organization in Syria and the Middle East. Anyway, Back to the story, this, this man who was scheduled to be sacrificed, who was witnessing all of these Armenian Christians being beheaded, uh, who was a Muslim, he was a Muslim, but he was witnessing all of this. Al-Adlubi is described in the report as a Muslim fundamentalist who joined the Free Syrian Army and was a militant. He was captured, which is when he saw these atrocities. This is how this all happened but later made it out when the Syrian militia defeated the rebels in that location. He was rescued, and I think God preserved his life so he could come back and, and tell. I mean, hope, I hope he gets saved. I mean, obviously, that's what I really want for him, but he was able to come back and document all of this. And he's just one of the many, you know. He didn't even take a video. This is just one report. But 
when they went in there, the, the military that went in there obviously saw all of the dead bodies hanging up and all of the decapitated Christians and, in um, I'm sure some of them were Muslims as well. Anyway, Al Ablubi said when he, he was called a heathen by, I think, the Egyptian butcher guy, or which known as a kafar. Um, he then responded, how could I be considered kafar if I pray and fast? Meaning he's a Muslim. He prays and fasts and all this stuff. And then the um, butcher told him, you are a murtad, which is an apostate. And then he says, I asked him, what is my destiny? The Egyptian butcher guy. I want to get closure. What is it, a year or two in prison? <laughs> this is what he's asking the butcher. And the butcher says, rejoice, you will be sacrificed. <laughs> you know, now there's other things that they're leaving out of here. And um, it what, what it was is that after he was told he was going to be sacrificed, I don't think he was sacrificed right away, but he said that he was brought a box like, I don't know, maybe it was that day or whatever, and when he opened the box, it was the head of one of these um, people they'd killed, probably a Christian, and he was told by the butcher to pick pick his head up, and he said, well, the guy doesn't have any hair, and he said, well, pick it up by his ears, he says, how much do you think the head weighs, and he was, he was, he was doing all this, he says, just understand something, your head will be in a box just like this by tomorrow, and I'm going to bring your head in and show it to the next guy that I'm going to kill. This is what this guy did, this butcher guy. I mean, really fun guys. I mean, really, you know, not too sadistic here. This is the type of devils that operate when Islam is just left unchecked and unfettered. This is where it's, and we're going more and more toward this. And with all of the hatred they have for Americans and for Christians and for the Jews, we've really seen nothing. And as devils and demons become, or more and more of them are released just from the whole restraining hand of God being removed, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when the restrainer is removed, and all of the witchcraft that is being done across the world to summon these things through these gateways, these portals, these stargates, whatever you want to call them, into our plane of existence. This type of behavior, unfortunately, is only going to become more and more commonplace. And again, it's all the more reason we should pray against it. Um, so, he say, he tells the guy, Rejoice, you will be sacrificed. Al-Adlubi reported seeing bodies of young men who were systemically slaughtered and disemboweled. And they were hung up like uh, you would hang up a cattle carcass, you know. The slaughterhouse was on a hill. And now I have a comment here. Like any god, pagan, devil, or any good pagan devil, I should say, sorry. Any good pagan devil, they are instructed by Satan to perform their sacrifices, preferably in the high places, just like they did in the Bible where they burn incense in the high places, they sacrifice to the gods in the high places. That's what they're instructed to do. So this was on a hill, and I think it was for that reason. Anyway, a little side note there. It is secluded, and it is void of any homes nearby, he said. I witnessed lifeless bodies hanging upside down as if they were slaughtered sheep. In the center of the slaughterhouse is a huge Egyptian, about two meters high. He was the one doing the slaughtering. This is real. And who knows how many places across the planet 
this is going on. Shubat said several Arabic language news sources, uh, they list them all here, um, corroborated some of the details. So even the Arabic, even the Islamic news sources corroborated some of the details. And they're listed here, Al Jazeera and Al Watan, uh, Mu, uh, M-U-F-A-K-E-R. I mean, there's other ones that have actually collaborated this. Then Shubat goes on to report the prison centers where the this group ISIS controls have become miniatures of what was during the Nazi SS extermination camps. Except ISIS carries out the extermination in a much more horrific way. ISIS transforms the prisons into kangaroo courts with systematic slaughterhouses and killing centers to exterminate Christians and Muslims who disagree with Takfiri theology. It must be a, 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 their brand of radicalized Islam in that particular region. Once they are found guilty, the way they deal with the victims was as if they were cattle. He said that Syrian Christian named Camille Toumey also confirmed the reports with video purportedly of the Seba District Slaughterhouse in Homs, Syria. In an interview, Tomei brought additional information, Shubat reported. He said, quote, you never heard of Um Muhammad Slaughterhouse, or uh, he asked Shubat. And um, the additional footage shows two more slaughterhouses, one in Baida and the other from several years ago in Al Seba. So in other words, this stuff goes on all the time over there. Al Adlubi said the victims included Armenian and Syrian Christians along with Shiite and Sunni Muslims that weren't as radicalized, so they were considered kafar or apostates. Walid Shubat said the stories told by Al Adlubi and Tomei add up, plus all of the other video footage that we've gotten from over there. I mean, they're always uh, doing videos of them cutting guys' heads off and, and um, disemboweling people and murdering people and slaughtering people, and they're proud of it. And they, they want it to leak out. They, they're not even, they, they just, they want us to know what they're all about. You know? To, to May sent us some footage that circulated um, in the Syrian community after the human slaughterhouse finally ended. The, and the ugly remaining evidence was revealed when Um Muhammad's slaughterhouse in the Seba district in Homs was busted by the Syrian police three years ago in August of 2011. Um, Shubat also said Al-Adlubi's story also checks out from footage obtained from Al-Baida, which is another slaughterhouse, which rescue Christians was able to obtain footage from. So in other words, they're trying to document this. They're not just trying to say, listen, we're just ma- making this stuff up. We're not. Now, I'm not showing you any of the videos. I didn't look at the videos. I looked at the screenshots, and that's about all I needed to see. And I'm not even saying you look at that. But the, all the videos that go along with this stuff are embedded in this article from World Net Daily, and I'm not saying look at that. I'm just saying they're there. Um, anyway, definitely don't let your children... Um, Look at that. Anyway, and as just was stated, they were hanging upside down, headless, like slaughtered sheep. The heads were removed from the root of the chest cavity. Just, I mean, I looked at these, uh, looked at a couple of these images, and it does, it looks like they were, the, the head was decapitated really low, where you couldn't see any of the neck at all. 
they were they were uh, it was almost like a surgical decapitation of, of a certain manner. And um, they were removed from the root of the chest cavity, just as Al Adlubi stated when describing how the Egyptian was doing his meticulous methods, and how Tomi described the Umm Muhammad slaughterhouse as well. We report this story because of the silence of the systemic killing of Christians, Shiite minorities, and even Sunni Muslims in Syria. Hey, and I think it's terrible, you know, just as terrible for them to kill the um, the Muslims as well. I mean, all life is valuable in God's eyes. I'm not just saying this just because it's Christians. It's 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 horrific that they're doing it to Muslims. I would hope the other Muslims maybe get their eyes open and get converted and get saved, if it be possible. That this is a wake-up call for them, you know? Uh, anyway, um, the story is reminiscent to the initial reporting on the extermination of European Jewry um, and other minorities when little coverage was given to the truth in these days, Shubat said. World Net Daily last week um, said that Shubat had uncovered a video showing Muslims conducting ritual human sacrifices by slitting the throats of their victims or putting a bullet in their heads. And um, trust me, they got tons of video of all this garbage up there. Shubat noted that the speaker in one of the videos uses the term kurban, but just before gunfire erupts, um, into the men lined up in a row, which they fall one by one. Shubat explained that the Arabic term kurban means can only uh, can only signify a sacrifice, which indicates that the filmed slaughter is nothing but ritual human sacrifice. In other words, it's part of their religion, and that's becoming more and more commonplace. The human sacrifice. They think that they're going to get a better uh, position in paradise with their 72 virgins and white-skinned boys the more apostates and the more Christians they slaughter. And all they're going to do is burn more and more white-hot in hell and the lake of fire. That's the only reward they're going to end up getting. But they're so demon-possessed demon and deluded in their thinking process because those same devils from Allah... And, and from the, the, the false religion of Islam have so permeated their being that they can't even, they have no, they have no ability to reason with any kind of sanity anymore. The devils have taken over their, their minds have been darkened by all of this sin and this generational sin that's been passed down over and over and, and, and entrenched itself in all of these bloodline curses, most likely, that they brought upon themselves through all these atrocities. Anyway, um, so this term kurban can only signify a sacrifice which indicates that the film slaughters nothing but ritual human sacrifice. Another video shows the throat of a sacrifice being slit with a knife. Christians are being killed in these very rituals every day and the bloodshed will not stop. We must work together to rescue them. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Shubat describes himself as a former radicalized Muslim willing to die for the cause of jihad. Um, he converted to Christianity in 1994 and now is raising funds to assist Middle East Christians and uh, through rescuechristians.org. WorldNet Daily recently reported that the Catholic nun Hatun Dogon, and I played her video not too long ago, claimed members of the jihadist faction in Syria trying to oust President al-Assad are draining 
the blood of Christians they behead and selling the vials of the Christians' blood to radicals for $100,000 a piece. Now that seems a little high. Who could afford that? But that's what she's claiming they're doing. They're using <coughs> the Christians' blood in whatever witchcraft, pagan ceremonies they're performing. This is the level of evil they've sunk into. This is Islam. This is the face of Islam. The Christians, she said, are beheaded in ceremonies in which they are forced to kneel with their hands and feet bound as Muslim radicals read a death sentence imposed because the victim refuses to renounce Christianity and embrace Islam. That's called martyrdom. That's called dying for the cause of Jesus Christ, if you ask me. I mean, that's right it, right there. You know, World Net Daily, and that's called enduring to the end. That's called being an overcomer. I'm not saying we're all going to be called to that, but we should be, I mean, you know, we, we should be willing to give our lives. We should be willing to lay down our life for Jesus Christ. There's no time in the Bible where it says it's okay to deny Jesus Christ in order to save your own skin. You know, they overcame him by the, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto death. That's what the Bible says about, you know, the Christians in the tribulation, and, and, and you know, a ton of them are martyrs. Now, God always does preserve a remnant, okay, throughout the Bible, always. But, you know, I'm just throwing that out there because this is the type of, of satanic evil that seems to be, you know, enveloping... Uh, certain parts of the globe, and there's a lot of these sleeper cells in America just waiting to be activated, and they have an absolute, total beyond hatred of, of, of Americans, and Christians in particular. World Net Daily has also reported that ISIS consider, is considered to be the most ruthless of the Sunni Islamic militant groups fighting in Syria, has ordered a Christian community in Raqqa, Syria, to pay nearly 38 pounds of gold as a guarantee of their safety. Oh, I guess they can be bought off, though. Now, the alternative was death. So either you pay us 38 pounds of gold, or we're, or you all die. You know. So, the, vid the video is discovered by Shoe Batter Graphic, and there's a link here. I don't advise you click on it. it. It's, you know, I'm just saying, this is what we're dealing with here. Okay, so, this, I'm going to play a three minutes some video here, entitled, Persecution of Christians, A Growing Problem. Uh, in Pakistan, as it is a ton of different places. Persecution against people for their religious beliefs has been taking place for centuries. But today, some Christians in Muslim countries say they are being singled out and persecuted for their religious ideas. One American organization, though, is trying to make a difference and help hundreds of people in Pakistani countries, uh, in fact, Pakistan, and, and taking, helping out the Pakistani Christians. It's led by Keith Davies, founder and executive director of Rescue Christians. He is here joining us with more about the efforts that are underway. Thank you for being here. Let's talk for a moment about uh, Rescue Christians. Uh, how did all this come to be? Well, uh, we actually run a, a think tank, uh, and we still do that work on, on the Middle East. Um, a case came to us about three or four years ago that needed help. We started to call all the other organizations that we thought were actually rescuing people and helping people, and we found that not one of them would help, so we decided that we had to do it. 
So that's we started four years ago with no knowledge, no experience, and two years later we've now saved over or helped over a thousand people. You know, we've heard reports about uh, Christians being targeted in different countries around the globe. Uh, the images have been quite sobering and very unsettling, obviously. Um, but the work that you're doing is taking place uh, in Pakistan, correct? That, that is correct. What we do, uh, there's, uh, one of the, the hardest things for Christians to deal with is the blasphemy laws. And when they target Christians, they accuse them falsely of blasphemy. So what we do is... Um, we found safe houses for them, and in extreme situations, we get them out of the country. We also, uh, other uh, forced conversions and kidnapping of women is, is prevalent. I mean, it's unbelievable, the, 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 the rape and the sodomization. It's just, um, we've dealt with two recent cases were absolutely awful. So what we say, so, again, the way Islam looks at things is that if you're a, you know, kafir, whatever they term as apostate, infidel, um, we can do whatever we want to because Islam permits that. We can rape you, we can kill you, we can sodomize you, we can do whatever we want. You have no rights, you're subhuman, and then we can kill you and we can steal you blind as well and take everything you have. That's the fruit, that is Islam, that is the face of Islam and, and this is what they're witnessing firsthand. Do is we, uh, we rescue them. We've been very successful. In every case that we've taken on, we've been successfully able to rescue the girls. Uh, we also have been involved in cases of slavery and denture. Uh, many Christian families, if, they, if, if someone gets sick, uh, they can't uh, afford to pay for their treatment. So they sell themselves into basically slavery in the, in the kiln works. And on several cases of those, we've actually been successful in doing. Well, it's really amazing the work that you're doing. Obviously, you're up against uh, tough challenges, but where are the authorities on all of this? I mean, when you are you know, presented with these particular uh, situations and you go to the authorities to try to seek some type of resolution, are they helpful at all? Uh, some are and some are not. It depends on who you're talking to. I mean, in fact, we just got a case in this morning where we're actually working on the legal side of things. And his name is Arif Yosef. And he was uh, put in, uh, uh, arrested for blasphemy. And now he's been tortured uh, and he's mentally retarded. And the, the family went to visit him actually yesterday and he didn't recognize them, and his hands were swollen, and he's obviously been tortured, and we're actually now dealing with that case, trying to get a me medical uh, uh, um, certificate to see what actually what, what, what the torture was. But, um, so we're dealing stories. with the Yeah, these are horrific yeah, stories, and uh, we applaud you for the work that you are doing, and we hope that you will continue to update us with your uh, activities there and give us more information as it becomes available. We certainly will. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you. All right. And that was on Fox News, you know. I'm surprised they didn't even report on that with Obama being in office. But, um, yeah, you have to, the thing that you, you see so much about this is that Islam is a cult, death cult, black death cult, that is totally devoid of compassion, sympathy, empathy, mercy, there just is none, you know, it's particularly at the highest levels where, where these guys are um, these really radicalized. Yet, if you look at the Quran and you look at the other unholy writings, this is how it says they should behave. It says to kill, slay, defile, behead, steal, lie to the infidel. It's, I've read the book, the quotes right from the Quran, in many teachings. 
It says that they are supposed to do this. So all they're doing, these supposed radicalized versions, is just being fundamental Islamists, Muslims. They're being fundamental to the faith, to the black death cult that they're a member of. That's all they're doing. They're just carrying out orders per the instructions of the Quran. Now, going further, uh, government helpless to stop massive Christian cleansing. Uh, A wave of weakened violence by the Nigerian jihadist organization, Boku Haram, that killed more than 115 Christians. That's just one weekend in one place in Nigeria. In in the northeast Borneo state, underscores the helplessness of a government that now is attempting a, quote, soft approach to stopping the carnage. Because that's how we need to approach Islam, a soft approach. Let's try to reason with them. Because they seem reasonable. I don't know. I mean, what we've reported on, these seem like reasonable people, right? In February alone, Boku Haram killed more than 400 people. This is this jihadist Islamic organization. I'm sorry, I got a little off track there. Um, So in February alone, Boku Haram killed more than 400 people in its ongoing effort to subdue Christians and establish Islamic law or Sharia. Throughout the northeastern African nation, this was noted by Todd Daniels, an analyst for International Christian Concern, a group that assists persecuted Christians worldwide. So, 400 people, they slaughtered them, uh, just in February alone in that one region. The Muslim attacks have forced more than 300,000 people to leave their homes in northeastern Nigeria since 2010. I mean, that's not too much of an inconvenience. Only 300,000 people had to uproot their lives in northeastern Nigeria alone just since 2010 and get out of there because the Muslims are going to kill them. Why isn't this front page news? Because Muslim has to be presented as a religion of peace and wonderfulness. You know? When it's absolutely the polar opposite. And this is according to... um, United Nations estimates is probably way worse then, because they're just part of the problem. Most are internally displaced, and some have fled to Chad, Cameroon, or Niger. Daniels told World Net Daily, I mean, wherever Islam is, if it's left unchecked and unfettered, man, it's just going to take over, and they're just going to start killing people. Wholesale slaughter. Daniels told World Net Daily, the Nigerian government is paralyzed, noting a report that President Goodluck Jonathan, now that's a name, Goodluck Jonathan, that's, that's a neat name anyway. Good luck, Jonathan, is going to try a soft approach and sit down and talk. Well, you know, Satan's reasonable. He, he, he's a fun guy. He can be reasoned with, and so can these Muslims, because I'm sure they're going to appreciate the soft approach. Yeah. Um, then this guy, this president, good luck, Jonathan, says, now does it seem like a time for that? Oh, or I'm sorry, Daniels observed that now doesn't seem like a time for that. In, my, in other words, taking a soft approach toward Islam. They've tried the military approach, and that was ineffective, but it's not likely that talking will bring any results. Well, yeah, I would say so. In a recent nighttime rampage, Boku Haram killed two in a village in the Borneo state, killed a pastor and his family, um... Uh, burned the pastor's house, burned several church buildings. In a string of similar attacks, Muslim herdsmen 
of the Fulani tribe killed 20 people in one village, killed a state governor, and burned down the governor's house. (sighs) These people are so satanic. Rojo said Boku Haram is continuing to grow and is now able to attack at will. They've attacked military bases, towns, numerous times, racking up high body counts. Daniel said the attacks are having an impact on the Christian schools in the north, where 85 schools are being considered for closure. And this is what Satan is wanting to do. Make sure there's no vestige of Christianity. Make sure the Christians are herded into small areas where they can be systematically slaughtered. 85 Christian schools being considered for closure, affecting 120,000 students. The administrators are fearing more attacks, said he said, noting Boku Haram's goal of eliminating Western education from the country. Rogero said the government apparently is incapable of responding to the attacks. The Nigerian government has claimed several times that Boku Haram has been defeated, but that obviously is not the case. Rojo said, in my estimation, they've lost control of the situation. You, you think? You think they might have lost control? Nah. You know, they're firmly in control. Daniels believes that the government has been compromised. All of this goes without saying, really. Um, international Christian Concern analyst Ryan Morgan said it appears there's not even an attempt to prevent the deaths. There's not. I'm sure they're probably in collusion or being paid off or whatever. Like, you know, so much of that goes on. Um, particularly in African countries. Not to say it doesn't go along, go on everywhere, but, you know, if for the right amount of money, you'd be surprised what you could get away with. In this case, it's murder. Next report. Fatah and the Palestinian Authority celebrate the anniversary of killing 37 innocent Israeli civilians. This is how sick these devils are. In keeping with their annual tradition, this is an annual tradition, the Fatah and the Palestinian Authority, both, you know, basically Islam, celebrated the anniversary of the most lethal terror attack against Israel. In 1978, terrorist Dalal Mugrabi, who's a woman, led a group of terrorists from Lebanon into Israel, where they hijacked a bus and killed 37 Israeli civilians, 12 of them children. They must be so proud. Fatah spokesman said terrorist Dalal was, quote, a extraordinary example of struggle, whose headline is bravery, heroism, sacrifice, and courage, and who inspired her generation and the next generations, end of quote. And it's all referenced, all these quotes. This is how depraved these people these people are. You can't even possibly try to get into their mindset. They're so satanically possessed of the toenails. You can't even possibly try to get on their level of reasoning. But again, this is Islam. In all of its grandeur and glory. On their Facebook, Fatah, they said, um... Abu Jihad planned to make Zion tremble. She meaning Dalal, the lady that carried out this terror attack, destroyed two large buses and killed more than 100. Um, In other words, they're glorifying her. The Abbas advisor said, quote, We remember the young women who fought along with her comrades until her ammunition ran out. Yes, March is honored by this Palestinian blood. It's kind of funny, the blood that they shed, they went over there and they killed 37 innocent people on a bus and they sh- and they acted like they're fighting some big war or something. 
when they killed innocent people. You know? They, the Israelis, are deluding themselves if they think the negotiations are our only choice. Let the young people hear me. Allah honor us with martyrdom. Or shahada. Allah give us the honor of being part of the procession of martyrs. May you get your wish, devil. But I just pray to God you don't get your wish by killing other innocent people. If that's what you want to do, if you want to go to hell, and you're that demon possessed, and you're such, and you are a vessel of wrath fitted for God's destruction, if you're that darkened in your thinking pattern, may, may Allah grant you your request, is what I say. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Yes, I pray if it's possible they get saved, but do these people seem like the types that are going to convert in mass over to Christianity? I don't really hear about it. I don't hear about... It's just like I don't hear about pedophiles, their conversions to to born-again, Bible-believing Christianity. I was a child pornographer, and now I'm a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, praise God. Have have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard one of these really radicalized elements? No, because there comes a point where you're turned over to a reprobate mind, where your conscience is seared with a hot iron. These are all biblical terms. And you're done. The Spirit of God will not always strive with man. God is not always going to be there to waiting on you to convert over to Christianity. That's why why it says, now is the day of the Lord. Now is the time, you know, if you're aware and if, if you have that opportunity to get saved, you better take advantage of it. Because the Holy Spirit has to be there to draw you. You could you just don't get saved anytime you want to get saved. Many people on their deathbed have realized this too late, where they say, I'm going to get saved, and then... They're incapable of actually doing it on their deathbed. They've put it off and put it off. Holy Spirit's not there to to draw them anymore. And they end up going to hell. And they literally see the Grim Reaper coming up the steps to get them. They're given that moment of clarity at the end of life. This was before the modern day advent of drugs. So, I'm just saying, I mean, (laughs) Psalm 64, you know... Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. And then, and then it goes on to say, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. In that regard, when God judges wickedness, good things always happen. All men shall see and fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. That's the fruit of it. What does that mean? Many are converted to the Lord Jesus Christ when God judges wickedness. That's the way it always plays out in the Bible. When the wicked are judged, do they like it? No, but if wickedness is allowed to continue, it permeates through a society and continues to defile that society, which makes more people in that society more and more and more incapable of even getting saved because they too become seared. They too become turned over to a reprobate mind, many of them. Wickedness begets wickedness. And that's why when God judges wickedness like he did in Sodom and Gomorrah, he snuffed out the problem. That problem wasn't allowed to permeate through that region anymore, which was a good thing. Okay? Yes, if it be possible, I pray their souls be saved. But we also have to look at God's judgment and the reasons for it and why it is a good thing and that that is one of the best things that could happen in this day and age to the wicked, which seem to be growing at an exponential rate, out of control. Now that's God's business. Who he judges. Who he 
takes out. But I'm just saying that I'm trying to give you the reasons for these things. Now, next report. Christian mother in Somalia beheaded in front of her daughters. Uh, this is from International Christian Concern. Has learned that a Christian mother of two and her cousin were beheaded by Al-Shabib Islamic extremists once their Christian faith was discovered. The extremists beheaded them publicly in front of their daughters and many of the villagers in the town square. These people have no no morality. They have no sympathy compassion at all they they there's no boundaries that they won't cross they just so remind me of vessels of satan on two legs you know just demon possessed vessels of satan on two legs literal robots for satanic action morning star news reported that sadi al omar the mother of two girls and her cousin were beheaded in the port town of bawara in the lower shabili region on march 4th before the two were martyred in front of many witnesses, sources report that the Islamist extremists said, quote, we know these two people are Christians. Oh, I mean, that's the worst thing on the planet. They're a Christian. They gotta die. But see, that's what Islam tells them to do. We know these two people are Christians who recently came back from Kenya. We want to wipe out any underground Christian living inside of the Mujahideen jihadist areas. And that's their goal for the whole planet. This is just happening on a small scale right here. Al-Shabib is a rebel militia group that has vowed to rid Somalia of all Christians. But that's their mandate all over the world. Uh, as converting from Islam in Somalia is punishable by death, the militants who slaughtered the two believers became suspicious of Omar and Moji during their irregular attendance at Friday mosque prayers. The, they go on to say, ICC goes on to say, is it injustice that a mother can be murdered in front of her children merely for being a follower of her chosen faith? Al-Shabib is an Islamic extremist group that has vowed to make Somalia purely Islamic. The practice of torturing and killing converts from Islam must be addressed by the international community and should have no place in modern society. Why isn't this front page news? Why isn't this front page news worldwide? Well, because the, the absolute satanic media is behind them. They're protecting them. They're giving them privileged status. They're giving them all types of legal remedies. They're putting their people in high levels of political office. That's why. Because they best represent satanic attributes on planet Earth as far as a major religion. I don't know of any other one that, that on a mass scale represents satanic actions and belief systems in the world today. I don't know of another one on that scale. You know, so that's what they do. That's how they roll. Next report. <clears throat> A leading ayatollah of Iran's Islamic regime is promising Western leaders there will be executed, promising that Western leaders will be executed by the Islamic Messiah. The state-owned media outlet Mir News reported Saturday. When the Imam Mahdi, the last Shiite Imam, this is the, this is the, um, um, this is their awaited savior, the Imam Mahdi, okay, when he comes, which is what Devil Betraya, who calls himself Lord Betraya, says he is. Okay, the UN sponsored Lord Maitreya. If you don't know about that, Kian Betraya in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A, I think. I don't know, something like that. Um, anyway, just Kian that in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. We've done many studies on this. Anyway, when the Imam Mahdi comes, he will be he will behead the Western leaders. When Ayatollah Muhammad Kashini, the interim prayer leader 
of Tehran and a member of the Assembly of Experts. Experts in what? Evil? Anyway, the body that chooses the supreme leader. The Shiite clerical establishment in Iran believes that at the end times, the 12th Imam, or the Imam Mahdi, a 9th century prophet, will reappear with Jesus Christ at his side. I've reported on this many times. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that that's exactly... And that could make this 5th Imam the Antichrist and this supposed reappearance of Jesus Christ, which will be the false Christ, a false form of Jesus, known as Sanand Emmanuel, or Master Jesus. He is one of the ascended masters. They'd be a nice one-two uh, power punch for Antichrist and false prophet. Anyway, that's what they believe. That's why Islam isn't really against, super against Jesus Christ. They're against the Bible, but their version of Jesus Christ, they're not against because they believe he's going to appear with the fifth Imam, not, or the, um, the twelfth Imam, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the fifth Buddha, which is what the Buddhists are expecting as their awaited Savior, and then you've got the Christ, which is what Christians are expecting, and then you've got the Messiah, which is what the Jews are expecting, and then you've got Krishna, which is what the Hindus are expecting, and Devil Betraya, known who calls himself Lord Betraya, says he's all all those things wrapped up in one big package. So, um, this twelfth Imam, they're saying he will appear with Jesus Christ at his side and kill all the infidels and raise a flag of Islam on all four corners of the world. That's not going to happen. Not the way they think it's going to. But that's what they believe is is um, going to transpire there. So, a video revealed in 2011 which was entitled The Coming is Upon Us, showed regime intentions uh, and a change in the Middle East destruction of Israel and the coming of the Mahdi. A video produced by the, this regime was to be distributed in the Middle East. i give you a link to that if you want to uh, watch that. Next report. Shocking Al-Qaeda operatives are inside the IRS. Now, I've reported on this over and over again, particularly recently, how the IRS, how our government, how Obama is installing radicalized, high-level, jihadist leaders in our government in very high places and how we're they're getting all types of preferential laws enacted and treatment across the board, across in America for protected enclaves of these Islamic devils. And look at what they're doing in Dearborn, Michigan. And where where basically you're 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 just you're on the verge there of if not already of having literal Sharia law where we're not even going to be able to go in there. Because it's going to be a total Islamic enclave. They've already they're already trying to do that. It's probably already like that as it is now. Where you literally go in this is what they have in Europe. They take over, they have their own little enclaves that expand and expand and expand because as they multiply, and they they that's how they take over cities. What they're doing in Dearborn, Michigan, is what they're gonna try to be doing everywhere they um, you know they're they they set their feet. That's what they try to do. So Al Qaeda spy and convicted felon. Weiss Russell is currently working as a financial man management analyst under the IRS Deputy Chief Financial Officer. I mean, hey, you're working for Satan, IRS? Good. You know, what better place for this Al-Qaeda spying convicted felon to work? I mean, I can't think of a better place. Anyway, as reported by Patrick Poole of PJ Media, Russell was convicted of spying for Al-Qaeda operatives in 2008 
for secretly accessing the FBI's database to tip off Al-Qaeda operatives who were under surveillance. Well, I mean, he sounds like an honest guy. Sounds like, you know, he's, he's you know, on the right team with Islam. So why not install him as the uh, financial management analyst under IRS Deputy Chief Financial Officer? I mean, he seems like a good guy, right? Total slime bag putting it in there. I mean, he's, you know, one of the team, you know. And this is rumored to be just the tip of the iceberg. What is our uh, dictator, our traitor-in-chief, Barack Hussein Obama, who is a Muslim, who was born in Kenya, doing about our Al-Qaeda operatives infiltrating the IRS? Is he launching an investigation? Is he raiding IRS offices? Is he rounding up all the Islamists and the Muslim Brotherhood operatives in his administration and elsewhere with all they have all their terrorist cells that are being ready for, ready for activation in America that have been doing this for decades and waiting for the right moment to react? What's he doing? None of the above. Nothing. He's encouraging it. He's part of the problem. He is, he is a Muslim. He's a communist. He is a uh, sodomite, cross-dressing, oh, you can't even imagine what that guy is. Okay, and I've reported on a lot of this stuff. But this is just one of his his many, many, um, it's like you, you just try to get the most wicked, evil slime bag you could possibly think of with all of these different ideologies already hardwired into his head, and you install him, this unqualified devil, as president. And that's what we have right now in the White House. So, Obama has in fact welcomed Islamists into his administration with open arms and and installed them at all high levels. I've I've went over the people, we've given exact names, their titles, and all this stuff. We've done that many times. Um, Time to impeach Obama. And that's from www.impeachobamacampaign.com. So, okay, we're, we're through part two. Now we're going to switch gears again and going into part three. And we will see you in part three. So God bless you.